In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be. There's a scene from the movie Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade where Indiana Jones is going after the, art, or, um, after the Holy Grail. He's going through all the uh, tunnels and caves with all the booby traps and everything. And he's got his dad's notes with all the clues, right? You guys can picture this. All the clues for how to get through and get to the room that has the Holy Grail. And of course, my favorite line comes very near the beginning of that scene when Indiana Jones is walking through and he's mumbling to himself, only the penitent shall pass. Only the penitent shall pass. And then he realizes what that actually means, that to be penitent means to hit your knees. He drops to his knees and of course, arrows fly from both sides right over his head. And after he gets to the room that has the Holy Grail, you'll remember, and I mean, this movie's like, what, 40 years old, so there's no spoiler alert here, right? Um, you'll remember there are all sorts of chalices in this room. And then the bad guys, of course, have followed him in. And there's one lady, one bad lady, who comes in, and she's trying to choose the correct one. Now remember, if you choose the incorrect chalice, the one that is not the Holy Grail, you die, right? You drink from it, you die. So you have to choose wisely. And she comes and she chooses the most beautiful, the most lavish cup, the one that she would want the most. And of course, it doesn't go well for her. And the famous line from, from the night standing guard is, she chose poorly. <laughs> and then Indiana Jones thinks like, wait a minute, Jesus was a carpenter. He was humble. Which one is fitting for a humble carpenter, right? And he chooses the plain, simple, wooden one and he chose wisely. These are two examples. Two examples of humility, right? And the consequences that we run into when our pride gets out of control, right? The first one, only the penitent will pass. Only the penitent will pass. To be penitent means to be repentant, means to hit your knees. It means that you don't walk in with your chest puffed out saying, look at me, look at me. The second example reminds us to avoid the vanity of life. To avoid the riches and the luxuries that we think that we want, that we think will make us happy, but really just lead to one poor choice after another. Humility is the theme of the day. Humility is the theme of Great Lent. And today, the church officially begins the Lenten Triodian period. The Lenten Triodian refers to the period in the church where we sing hymns from this book, 
called the Linton Triodian. <laughs> and during the week, other hymns from the Linton Triodian supplement. But we enter into the Linton Triodian period, meaning from now until Holy Saturday, every hymn, every variable hymn that we sing on the weekends will come from this book. It's a special season that encompasses the weeks, the four Sundays before Great Lent and all of Great Lent and Holy Week. Today's the first day that we start singing hymns from the Linton Triodian. This is the official signpost that Pascha is coming. Three weeks from now we start Great Lent and seven weeks after that we celebrate Pascha. It is truly the best time of year because it's the time when we cast off our spiritual lethargy and we get back to loving God and actually being real Christians. We get back to being repentant, we get back to being prayerful, we get back to being generous, and we get away from being proud, obnoxious, and obstinate. The parable that we receive today from the church is from Luke chapter 18, and the Lord tells us the parable of the publican and the Pharisee. Now remember, the Pharisee is righteous in the eyes of all the people. The Pharisee keeps the law outwardly. The problem is, inwardly, he's so full of pride. He's so full of pride, he's spiritually blind. And he thinks he's better than everybody else. He cannot see his own sin. So the Pharisee goes into the temple and Jesus gives this great line. He says, he prayed thus with himself. With himself. He doesn't say he prayed by himself alone. He says he prayed with himself. He's talking to himself, not to God. And he basically puffs out his chest and says, hey, God, I'm here. I am your gift. All this spiritual stuff, I nailed it. Booyah! Here I am. Give me all the prizes you want. I'm not like these other sinners, especially that guy over there who's a tax collector. Seriously. Seriously. That's awful, right? We can hear it and we say, that's awful. I would never do that. I would often do that, right? We need to check ourselves. The point of this parable is that we really need to check ourselves because too often we are more like the Pharisee than the publican. The publican, remember, is a tax collector. He is a legalized criminal. He's, employed, he's a Jew employed by the Romans to extort the Jewish people. If they said, go collect 30 shekels, he could shake somebody down for 90 and keep the difference. And it was all good to the Romans. As long as they got their money, they didn't care. And they didn't care what means were used. Tax collectors were, were the mob. Okay? And they were dirty people. They were unclean people. If a Jew even touched a tax collector, they were ritualistically unclean. It was often better to associate with murderers than tax collectors. So Jesus gives us this juxtaposition, this great contrast between the one who appears to be 
spiritually righteous and the one who appears to be spiritually unrighteous, when in fact they were both spiritually unrighteous. But the tax collector stands afar off, basically standing in the back of the church, and he just beats his breast saying, God be merciful to me, a sinner. There's the Jesus prayers right there, right? Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He doesn't compare himself to anybody. He doesn't make excuses. He doesn't justify himself. Here's another way to think of how he prayed. He went into the temple and he realized that only the penitent will pass from this life to the next. And he just said, boy, I really blew it. And I'm really sorry. Wow, how refreshing. I'm sure God was sitting there going, how nice it is to have someone be honest when they pray. The publican was justified. He was forgiven because he was repentant, because he acknowledged that he was a sinner. The Pharisee wasn't forgiven anything because he never apologized for anything. He never admitted to anything. He simply boasted about all of his good works. Let me tell you something. Your good works mean nothing when compared to the multitude of your sins. Does that mean we should stop doing good works? No, that means we should stop sinning, actually. If we want to balance the scales, try not sinning and doing more good works. But it's the humility of the publican, the humility of the tax collector that wins the Lord's forgiveness. Humility always works with God. And throughout the Lenten period, we have tons of examples of humility. A couple weeks ago, we heard about Zacchaeus, right? And the humility that he showed, climbing a tree and then repenting when Christ came to his house. Today, we have the publican. And by the way, the publican is mentioned in the prayer of absolution for confession. He's also mentioned in the ninth prayer of preparation before Holy Communion, the prayer by St. John of Damascus. Even though this is a parable, the character, the publican, is still mentioned in these prayers. Next week we'll hear about the prodigal son. Talk about great humility coming home and saying, I really blew it. During Lent we hear about St. Mary of Egypt who spent over 40 years in the desert repenting of her sins. And ultimately, we hear about Christ himself, who humbled himself to ride on a donkey into Jerusalem and humbled himself to the point of death on the cross for our sake. As an infant, our Lord also humbled himself to be carried in the arms of Simeon the righteous in the temple. We are in the afterfeast of the meeting of the Lord in the temple, and that is the feast when Mary and Joseph, 40 days after Christmas, go to the temple to take their offerings for the ritualistic purification of Mary. And talk about humility. How about the humility of Mary? She wasn't unclean from giving birth to Christ. The birth was miraculous, and she wasn't defiled by it. And yet, she still fulfills the law and still offers the two turtle doves as an offering for her sake. 
This is why we wear blue, because it's a feast of the Theotokos. It's a feast for Mary coming back to the temple after giving birth to Christ. Now, while they are there, they encounter Simeon. Simeon was several hundred years old, had been a translator of the Old Testament in Alexandria. In his pride, he said in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. And he said, that can't be right. And he was going to correct the scriptures. Well, then an angel appeared to him and said, not so fast. You won't die until you see this happen. So he's several hundred years old. He comes to the temple and think about the aches and pains that you might wake up with in the morning. And nobody in this room is over 100 years old. He's over 300 years old. Okay? At least over 250. Think about the humility that comes from getting out of bed every day with those aches and pains. And so he was ready to encounter Christ and his heart was ready because he had been humbled. And he sees Christ and he takes the baby Jesus in his arms and he says, Lord, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Right? Our Lord, God himself, the creator, humbled himself and allowed himself to be carried in the arms of this man. Humility always wins. Always wins. And it, that humility only comes from the penitence, from the penitent heart that sees its own sins and doesn't try to compare itself to anybody else and doesn't try to justify itself to God. So as we are preparing for Lent, as we journey towards Forgiveness Sunday, which will happen three weeks from now, let us all start humbling ourselves. Let us all start praying like the publican and stop praying and stop thinking like the Pharisee. We're not better than everybody else. We're all broken. We're all wounded. We're all sinners. All have fallen short. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, says St. Paul. But really, we all just need to remember that we're all recovering humans. All of us. And when we pray before Holy Communion, the prayer that we say together, that Christ came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am first, or whom I am chief, we should really believe that. We shouldn't think, of whom I am chief, except for those two people over there, or that person there, or whatever. Like, we don't want to point the fingers. We want to keep, we want to keep the attention on ourselves in terms of humility. Right? To God goes the glory, to me comes the blame. But brothers and sisters, as we are all recovering humans, and as we are all in need of more humility, let us strive to make this Lenten season the season of humility that sticks. That we aren't just humble until Pascha comes and then we're right back to the prideful thoughts.
saying, boy, I really nailed Holy Week. Boy, I did great with my fasting. Wow. Everybody should be so proud of me. Like, forget it. Forget it. If you want your reward in this life, go for it. Go for it. But if you want life with Christ in the kingdom of heaven, if you want your crown in heaven, then you might want to keep your mouth shut. Humility always works with God. He is long-suffering and He will always forgive. But He will only forgive those who ask for forgiveness. Only the penitent will pass. And we have a long and treacherous journey from here to the empty tomb of Christ. Let us stay humble and let us encourage each other rather than condemn each other so that we can all journey together into Lent, into Holy Week, and into the Paschal season with true love and forgiveness in our hearts. To Christ our God, the Savior of our souls, be glory, honor, and worship, together with the Father and the Holy Spirit, now and ever and unto ages of ages. Amen. Amen. Christ is in our midst. He is and ever shall be.